Awesome. Thanks so much, Kevin. All right. Are you guys alive this morning? Good. Okay. Because I want to be alive while I'm talking. So who was it that we were just singing about constantly for the last three songs? Jesus. Sunday school answer. You guys are here because there's something about Jesus. Who's life has been changed forever by Jesus. Yeah, we are here because there is good news and we come and gather because we need that good news every single week. We need to soak it in. Me as a two or three year old little girl, that was the point at which I remember Jesus changed my life forever. When I consciously remember I was having nightmares every night And my mom was praying for me, and finally she said, you need to ask Jesus yourself to come into your life and ask him to take away these nightmares. And the evidence of the power of Jesus in my life is that I've had one nightmare since then. And so I come here because there is good news every single time. Jesus is at work. And when you saw hands go up, you see the evidence of Jesus at work in other people's lives. There are testimonies of good news in our midst. Now, when you get a taste of Jesus at work, you start to want other people to receive that good news as well. Anybody have that appetite of, I want other people to experience Jesus in their lives? It grows. It grows. The more we experience good news in our own lives, in our own lives, we end up wanting that for other people. So we have been looking at this book, Surprise the World, and the last two Sundays we've introduced the book and Kevin introduced us to the first habit, but Surprise the World is talking about the habits of missional people, people who are on mission to go out and bring good news out into the world. And it's surprising to the world when Christians bring good news because Christians have a reputation, honestly, of not being good news all the time. It's just true, right? The fact Kevin was talking about us as Christians, we sin, often we bring not good news. But when we do, it surprises the world. And that surprise is what grabs them into that, tell me about this Jesus who has good news for me. So last week, Kevin was talking about this first habit of blessing. So these habits are what people who are missional just naturally do. What does it look like for somebody who wants to bring good news? What does their life look like that just happens regularly? And the first one was blessing. Blessing other people. It surprises the world when Christians are actually generous with their words, life-giving words just coming out of them, and not judgment. And this week, we're talking about eating together. It surprises the world to eat together in a particular way, and we're going to get into that. Now, when the Holy Spirit is at work in us as believers, he's also at work in people who are seeking, who are interested in Jesus, or whose lives are hurting. There's so much woundedness, and they need Jesus. And when our willingness to create opportunity for good news intersects with the Holy Spirit's work in them, that's where incredible things happen, where God works in their lives. So eating together, what we're going to talk about today is an opportunity. We are creating space and time for other people to encounter good news. 
So we're going to talk about three things. Why do we eat together? What stops us from eating together? And we're going to sit on that one for a while. And then we're going to do communion. So you'll need one of these or at home if you have some bread and juice or a little bit of wine or something that you can join us at home with for communion. And we are going to take that meal together as the eating together that starts the whole thing. The first supper that Jesus had where he indicated he was about to die. And this becomes a symbol of what of of the good news that we bring to people when we eat with them. All right. I want you to remember this big idea. Okay, it's not going to make sense necessarily right at first, but Jesus is our host. Jesus is our host. All right. Let's go. So why why should we eat together? In the second and third books of the New Testament, Mark and Luke, we have these authors quoting Jesus, telling his disciples and the people who were kind of coming close in and listening to him, why is he even here? What is he doing? And in the book of Luke, he said that the Son of Man, he's referring to himself, came not to be served as if he's a king and everybody should just sort of gather around him and make him feel good. He came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's his mission statement. This is why I'm here. In the book of Luke, there's another sort of rephrasing or a different idea explaining what is Jesus here for. He said to his disciples, I came to seek and save the lost. The lost are people who are hurting, so in need of good news. And Jesus came to go looking for them. If you or someone you know is hurting and in need of good news, This is Jesus. This is what he came for. And then in Luke, he gave another, the son of man came statement. And he said, the son of man came eating and drinking. It's a bit of a switch. So the the other two statements, he was saying, why is he here? What is he doing? Eating and drinking was how he was accomplishing it. Just living normal life. In the early church, so Jesus lived... He sought and saved the lost. He served. He gave his life as a ransom for many, died on the cross, and then rose again. Nothing in history ever happened like this. So Jesus rises from the dead. He ascends back to heaven, and his disciples are on earth. They get filled by the Holy Spirit, and they go out seeking the lost, serving. And they go out eating and drinking. And the Roman world was weirded out by this because they were like, okay, we know religion. The, the, the Romans were very good at religion. When you eat a religious meal, you have some very particular sacrifice and a ritual, and then you might eat particular things. And, and, and you have to make sure you're not offending the gods, and you're doing it just right so that you can get blessing. And they were so weirded out by the Christians who just ate regular food had some wine with their meal because that's what they did back in the old days. And that was life. And the Romans were like, where's the magic? What kind of incantations do you have to say? Or, or, you know, say your special song or something. These people were doing normal life and it was weird. It surprised the world that they were doing this. Now people could, um, you know, say, well, you know, it's good karma, right? Invite somebody in, eat with them, be generous with them. And Christians say, no, no, we eat together. We are reaching out with generosity. 
We're eating regular food, having regular relationships with people because it is an opportunity for good news. Because I care for the person I'm eating with. Because I'm cared for. And so it's still surprising the world when Christians have regular meals and regular conversations and live life and offer opportunity for good news. Now, that's the first reason why we eat is because Jesus modeled it. It was his how, or sorry, his, yeah, his how of, of mission. And so we continue that, but also because eating with people is an opportunity for relationship. Relationship is a place of vulnerability. Now, listen to that phrase, the Son of Man came eating and drinking. It says, the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. So this guy goes out seeking the lost and serving them, and he eats with people who were detested by the religious leaders. The religious leaders would have said, like, there's no way that person, that drunkard, that sinner, that tax collector could ever enter the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus says, no, that's exactly who I want to go to. And as he sits with these people, there's relationship there. There's relationship there. There's an opportunity for vulnerable conversation. When I was serving in the military, I was on ship on deployment, and I'm eating with people just in the regular area, place of eating. And every single day we have these conversations, regular life. And one day, one guy, I don't know how the topic came up, but he said, you don't actually believe all that junk about Christianity, do you? And I'm not one for good comebacks, so all that popped out of my mouth was, you bet I do. But uh, And believe me, I've had a few years of thinking, oh, I could have said this and that. And, oh, if only I'd brought up, like, this passage that I was just reading yesterday. Of course, I didn't read it until years later. But just the, the vulnerability for that guy to bring that up, that's actually a thing. That's an opportunity. That's not a, a, a scary thing for me to hear somebody say, that's a bunch of junk that you believe because I'm convinced and this guy's willing to have a vulnerable conversation and challenge that. What, what's this junk that you believe? So no, I did not do this beautiful, great gospel presentation or anything. It was a little piece of me going, Oh, I want that to happen again. <laughs> I want somebody else to challenge that because as I grow, as I mature, I'm, I'm going to have something just a little bit more to give, to offer. And that vulnerability of people saying things, of bringing things up in conversation becomes opportunity for you to welcome them into hearing good news. What's the good news in your life? Why do you have good news in your life? I mean, we could be a crying mess and we still know we have good news because there's hope. There's hope. I'm just holding on to hope. I've heard that story before. Believers being with non-believers, people who don't believe in Jesus and the people who don't believe saying, why do you even bother with Christianity if you're such a mess? And this person said, I have nothing else to hope in other than Jesus. That is where the vulnerability goes to. Good news. There's good news. So Jesus modeled eating with other people. There's relationship available as we're reading. This is um, Luke chapter 730, uh, verse 34. 
that we're reading, the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, here's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. That's our model. That's what it looks like. It's messy. It's messy eating with people. But because it's messy, it's real, it's raw, and we have something else working for us when we're eating with people. Jesus is the host. That's our big idea. The one thing I want you to remember, Jesus is our host. No matter how raw and rough the conversation is, the opportunity, Jesus is present there. So when I was in my teens, my mom had invited, I guess both my stories are about my mom this morning. Uh, My mom invited somebody into our house who didn't have a place to live. And she stayed over for a night or two. And my mom let her use my, you know, like my, I had some face um, cream that I was using and some stuff for my hair. And I was like, okay, no worries, right? I'm I'm okay with her using it for a day or two. Well, a day later, all my stuff disappeared. And I was like, "Mom, what what happened? I paid like something something for this skin cream and I kind of want it and I don't know where to find it again because it was some person who was making it specially and ah. And my mom said, "I'm so sorry. I did not realize that this woman um had STDs and everything that she used we had to throw out to prevent infection. And I, I was so livid. And yet my, my, what my mom modeled to me was Jesus taking care of us, even as we invited somebody in. And I didn't realize at the time that Jesus was taking care of me. He's hosting me even as I'm hosting somebody else. There's vulnerability in hosting somebody, Right. Or an eating with them, your own conversation, your own mess that comes out. But if Jesus is hosting, then our needs are actually being met as we're eating, spending time with other people. So what we're going to do is read Psalm 23. It is a psalm that a lot of us know. It's the, the Lord is my shepherd. And I'll actually invite you to open up to it. So it's about one third the way through the Bible here. And Psalm 23 is famous because it brings a lot of peace for messy situations. It's promise of God working. So there's paper Bibles at the back corner there that you can actually take one for your family if you don't have a Bible. You can also download, how sacrilegious in the middle of church, to download an app called YouVersion. At home, download the app YouVersion and look up an English Bible version. Um, You could use the NIV, that's what I'm reading from, New International Version, and look up Psalm 23. So as I read through it, just here, I'd never noticed this before, hear the way that God hosts. He is the host. So, starting at verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. So here the shepherd inviting the sheep. I am one of them, and I'm singing this psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. And I'm singing it with a whole bunch of other people who are all agreeing, the Lord is our shepherd. And what's God doing? He's inviting all of the sheep into a place to eat and drink. And they're eating and drinking together. And there's a stillness and a peace in that. 
He restores my soul. In verse 3, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So here the, the situation of being in a dangerous place. Consider when you eat with people. I'm talking with people you don't know very well. You haven't really settled out what the relationship is like. Or if you're eating with somebody at work, we're starting to return to work now, and you have a, a place, a cafeteria or a restaurant where people go and, uh, and eat together. Valley of the shadow of death is like danger, danger, I don't feel safe. That happens during eating, and that's one of the things that can prevent us from eating together. Is just like, that's, that's too hard, it's too much. But here, if God is the host, no matter what's happening while we're eating... God is hosting, and Jesus ends up taking up that place, that action, when we get into the New Testament, and we'll go there in a minute. So we have God hosting us, regardless of whether we're feeling safe or not. He's saying, here, eat and drink with other people. And then verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Literally, here it is. There's a table prepared. You sit and eat, and you invite the other people in who you are with to enjoy. This is overflowing abundance, God providing, even if we think we don't have enough to share with other people, to host them at our home. God is providing. My cup overflows. Even if somebody else is worried about what they're providing. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I don't, you know, I, I would have loved to have this for the meal, but I could only afford this. Don't worry. It's okay. Jesus is taking care of us. And we're here just to enjoy being with each other. There's good news, no matter what the situation is in hosting. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Literally, no matter where we go, if we go to their house or they're in our house or we're at a third location, we are dwelling in the house of the Lord. It is good. We are safe here. God is hosting us. Now, just knowing that Jesus modeled that we should eat with other people, just knowing that there's good opportunity for relationship and vulnerability that opens up space for good news, just knowing that God is our host, it doesn't actually make us able to go out and eat with people. Just knowing things doesn't usually make all the change happen that we need. So that's why we're going to talk about what stops us. What stops us from eating with people? So who really loves to eat with people? Like socializing is just, it, get, it, it makes you come to life. Yeah, a few of us. You notice how many of us kind of <laughs> it's hard it's hard i acknowledge that we can have this knowledge that jesus is hosting us he's going to take care of us but what has to happen here in order for that to happen so what we're going to do is we're going to spend some time in prayer because we know this situation that we're in right now is post two years of really hard stuff involving such big restrictions that we couldn't eat with people for a long time. I mean, does anybody feel the emotional and physical drain from COVID still still going? Yeah, I saw the hands do this. 
I'm there. I am there. There has been so much that's happened, and I acknowledge that it's not just been COVID, but there's been so many other things in our lives. There have been deaths. There have been relationships split up. There's been challenges in relationships. There's been friendships that have been really strained. There's been so much happening, guys, and I want to acknowledge that and address it head on this morning because that right now hugely affects our ability to go out and bring good news to people. It hugely affects just this little space of our lives involving making space, eating with people so that we can let good news into their lives. So we're going to pray and I am going to give you, it's probably going to be like 10, 13, 14 minutes of us sitting quietly and resting and so this is an opportunity this morning to invite Jesus to actually start out by being our host right here, hosting us in this room and giving us a place to be refreshed and nourished so that we're being sent out with his work, his good news actually affecting us just a little bit more. We always need more. We always need to be coming back to this. But we're remembering that there's good news in the fact that Jesus died. That's why we're going to do this in a few minutes. Jesus died. We're remembering. And he died because he who lived a sinless life could die a death that broke the enemy, Satan's ability to keep accusing us of sin. And if there is sin in our lives, the enemy gets to keep accusing us. You did this. You shouldn't have done that. But Jesus' death gives the opportunity for us to say, no, I actually receive forgiveness from God. That's what Jesus bought on the cross, was opportunity for us to walk into freedom and forgiveness. And if there's forgiveness, when Jesus rose from the dead, he then made opportunity for more good news and the Holy Spirit coming into us and empowering us for the rest of our lives. So if there's good news like that, we need to invite that to have an effect on our lives. So I'm going to invite you right now to just sit comfortably. There's extra chairs. You can actually find a place to lie down if you want. Just close your eyes. Nobody's looking at you because their eyes are all closed. And just rest here for a few minutes. And I'm going to be praying and inviting you to follow along in that prayer, to speak the words in your heart or whisper them if you want. But just close your eyes. Close your eyes. And Holy Spirit, make this a safe place for our eyes to be closed. A safe place for us to just engage with you for a few minutes and enjoy you hosting us. You are our host and taking care of our needs. So, Father God, we look back on the last few years and acknowledge how hard it has been. It has been such a challenge. Just for each of us, Holy Spirit, bring up the things that have been challenging. And we're safe here as we bring them to mind. We don't have to fix them. We're just bringing it before you and being aware of them. And, Father, we acknowledge that there are people involved 
in those challenges, relationships that were really hard throughout COVID. Father, bring up those relationships up to the surface and make us feel safe as we recall just what has happened in the past couple of years. And Jesus, we think of the different contexts in which these people have interacted with us and just been part of the stress. And I can feel that burden on my shoulders even as I'm praying this, as there's been relationships that have been challenging in our families and with friends, with coworkers with our neighbors. Father, we've not always been comfortable with the way our governments have responded. So, Father, as all that's up in the open, we don't hold this as a burden that we're going to keep carrying. Jesus, when you were on the cross, you said to the Father, Even as the people were killing you, you said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And Jesus, we acknowledge that forgiveness as something really powerful. We would like to hold on to the bitterness. We would like to hold on to the right to feel angry. But Jesus, if you gave up that right and you were completely free of what people had done against you, we want to be free in the same way. So Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to empower us into that forgiveness. And then we also choose it. We choose forgiveness. And Holy Spirit, start giving us the names of the people that we are forgiving. I forgive. And we're choosing. I forgive. And as you're praying, just in your own hearts, as your eyes are closed, very clearly and consciously speak that out. I forgive. And tell God who you're forgiving. And Father, we acknowledge how when people have offended us, sinned against us, our thoughts get messy, our emotions get messy, our desires get messy, and we want healing for that. We want to be released and healed of that mess. So in Jesus' name right now, the blood he shed sever the ungodly connections we've had with all these people and make us clean. The blood of Jesus make us clean.
and Holy Spirit, come and restore our thoughts to clarity and our hearts to cleanness and our desires to be ordered and good. And now, Jesus, we stand on what you have just done that we couldn't do ourselves in you separating us and cleaning us and healing us. This is now ours to walk away with, this gift that God gives us in forgiveness. And now, Jesus, we walk into addressing the things that we've done. Just looking at these past couple years during COVID, the things that have come out of us in our thoughts and our words and our actions that have hurt and offended We don't even know sometimes, Father. But we want to be cleaned off of even the way that the enemy accuses us of what we've done wrong. We know that voice that says you shouldn't have, or you should have, or why didn't you? So, Father, we just come before you with every complaint that we've brought up in the last couple of years, every criticism that's just messed around in our hearts, everything that we've said behind people's backs, we should have, we shouldn't have, they should have, they shouldn't have, they should have got the vaccine, they shouldn't have, they should be wearing a mask, they shouldn't be wearing a mask. All of that, Father, we just release it into your hands. And we do what you told us to do, Jesus. We repent. We say, that is not what I want anymore. I turn away from that because I want to feel clean. I want to feel clear. I want to feel strong again. So as each of you are praying, you just, in your own heart, God, I repent. The enemy is accusing me of such and such. I repent. I don't want that anymore. So-and-so accused me of such and such. I repent. I don't want that anymore. I've been so angry at so-and-so. I repent. I don't want that anymore. And now, Jesus, as we do our part in turning away from these things, of not wanting them, we ask right now, your blood come and sever off these things and wash them away. Make us clean and our thoughts put back into clarity and our hearts put back into feeling so clean and our desires ordered And our desire for good things is restored in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, the work that you've done, I ask you to seal it up and continue it because this is a good work. This is good news in our lives, God, of turning away from the things that just mess us and prevent us from accepting this invitation into making opportunity for good news for other people. 
We want to walk into that, Father. Clear the way and clear the way inside of us first. All right. I'll invite you to open your eyes. Take a big breath if you have to. Just like shake that off. This is what it looks like in the secret place that we spend with Jesus on our own time. Getting rid of this stuff because it's so fruitful. You are going to see fruit of the Holy Spirit's work in you. It's so good. If you have gone through that process of forgiving and repenting for the first time, this is actually what it means to put our faith in Jesus. What we just did is the good news. It's putting our faith in Jesus to deal with the junk in our lives. There's mess that we can't fix. Jesus can deal with it. Forgiveness and repentance are the way into that. And if you're doing this for the first time, you're putting your faith in Jesus for the first time. I want you to tell somebody as soon as the service is over. If you're online, you write it in the chat openly or click the pop-up that comes up that says, I received Jesus. I can't remember the wording exactly, but you put your hand up and nobody will be able to see who that hand is, except you can go right ahead and fill out the form that lets us start walking along alongside you in walking with Jesus, experiencing good news as a part of your life, not just happening once, but every single day, every single week. This is the life that we live. All right. We are going to now take communion and our walking through forgiveness and repentance is actually so crucial to walking into communion because this meal that we take is remembering the blood that bought us the forgiveness And the bread is Jesus' body that was broken for us. So I'll invite you to actually open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting at verse 23. And in 1 Corinthians, I hope I said 1 Corinthians, not 2nd, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So this is the Lord's Supper, and this was normal food being eaten, not religious ritual. We've simplified it to this so that we can do this in a church setting the way we have now in our culture, but it's supposed to be a regular meal. And eventually the Christians would go on to invite people into it, even people who didn't believe in Jesus, so that they could hear the good news. Now this morning as we take this, we are taking this as people who believe in Jesus, whose sins have been forgiven. We believe that. We are accepting that Jesus died and rose again. So I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 11, a few verses, and you can follow along with me, starting at verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. Um, Paul is writing this little passage as a, as, a, as a response to mess that's going on in the church. The church is really, really messy. Eating together has become messy. And now Paul says, remember what the basics of all of this is. Even when you're eating regular food, this is what the basics is. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 
Okay, you guys ready to proclaim good news? Good news. So I want you to take just the top part and peel it open. If you're at home, you're getting your bread or a cracker. So Jesus said, this is his body broken for us. My family, uh, me, my husband and I have been taking, uh, my husband and my son, sorry, Ozzy, have been taking communion every single night because we've, we've seen some things that we need healed in our physical bodies, in our souls. We've been taking communion every single night for a few weeks because this is us remembering we are going to experience Jesus' good news. We are inviting Jesus' good news into our bodies and our souls. And as we take this this morning, this is the power of Jesus at work in us. His body broken for us. Take this in remembrance of him. All right. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, new covenant, the agreement. His agreement was, I will die and you will be free. Anybody like that agreement? (laughs) Yes. I like that agreement. I accept that agreement. So as we drink this, this is us accepting that agreement. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of Jesus. For whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, we've talked about why we eat with people, because Jesus modeled it as part of missions, because it's a place for vulnerable relationship that good news gets to come out. And because Jesus is the host, Jesus is the host. He's calling other people into this opportunity to eat, and we're obeying that call. Jesus is hosting us. He's taking care of us. And we've walked through forgiveness and repentance as part of clearing the way. God, there's things that prevent me from taking that opportunity to eat with people, to bring good news. God's going to keep working that out for you. The Holy Spirit's going to keep making that more and more open for you to eat with people, to make opportunity for good news. And what we've done in communion is declared Jesus has the power. It is good news that we are bringing out to people as we eat with them. It is worth it to go out and eat with people. Worth it to make the time and space. Now we're going to sing a song in a moment. I'm going to pray over you. We're going to sing the song. And then you get to take out into the world that opportunity to eat with three people. Last week it was bless three people. This week it's going to be Eat with three people. Make sure one of them doesn't go to this church. But I want you to stand, and I'm going to pray over you, basically commissioning the Holy Spirit now at work in you. Holy Spirit, you go ahead and bless every single person here, every single person watching online. 
to be completely cleared of the reasons to not eat with people. In Jesus' name, every person here receives opportunity from God and provision as he's hosting you. And in Jesus' name, your thoughts and your emotions and your desires be ordered and clean and refreshed in order to enjoy this opportunity. Amen? Okay, we're going to sing a song now called I Surrender. Not the old hymn, but a new one. So stay standing for that. And as we sing it, let it be a prayer. God, I surrender the reasons that I don't want to eat with people. It doesn't mean you go out and force yourself and it's really miserable and you eat with people and they're like, why are you so miserable? Because I don't want to eat with you. (laughs) You're surrendering to God the reasons that it's hard. Because he's the one who can make a difference in that so that those opportunities happen. So that he provides. So that he is your host. All right, go ahead.
it is. And then also be aware that the Holy Spirit's fruit is joy. When the Holy Spirit is working, his effect, the proof that he's working is joy. And so we go out of here not going, oh God, I can't eat with people. I've got so many reasons. We go, God, you have the power. Jesus, you have the power. And I expect to see it at work in my life. I expect to see differences in the ways that I think and feel and desire because we've given Jesus a chance to work in us to bring repentance and forgiveness clean stuff out and now we get to walk away feeling expecting Jesus is hosting us Jesus is hosting you he's your caretaker your shepherd he's the one who now has you in his hands and holds you up and says okay we've got things to do we got things to do. You guys ready? You ready to go eat with three people this week? <laughs> I heard a laugh. I'll get there. In Jesus' name, be made ready to eat with three people this week. It's his work in you, and it's the opportunity for good news to get out there. It's worth it. Now, we have the cafe open at the back. Come enjoy some coffee and tea with us. We have a prayer room on the left side of the room there. You can go in there to spend some quiet time praying or ask somebody to pray with you. And go in peace and be blessed this week. In Jesus' name, amen.